people always were like, I usually read, but I'm just checking these out one time. <laughs> like, okay, I don't care and I don't notice. Welcome to the Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today, we are going to be reviewing our reader requests. So people have written in, they've asked for recommendations, and because we are librarians, we are qualified to give them. Extremely, extremely qualified. Extremely qualified. And if you, I think Amanda and I would both 100% agree that if you are not a librarian and you try to give a book recommendation, you should be put in jail. She's Her silence means yes, and she mm. fully supports it. Uh, sure. For a sure, hundred years. That. Does not feel like excessive punishment <laughs> at all. No. Punishment fits the crime. Crime and punishment. It's, we like books. There's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> Let's not unpack anything. Let's just blaze forward without really thinking about that too hard. Because we have some people who have written in. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you would like a personalized recommendation from a, and I'll repeat, mm-hmm. qualified professional, you should write into us. Just go to troypl.org slash podcast, and there's a little form you can fill out. The more specific you can be with your request, the better. We like requests that have a little bit of flair, a little bit of interest. Try mm-hmm. to stump us. Try mm-hmm. to challenge us. I feel like I've had a, I'm like kind of just caffeine ranting right now. Really, that should be me since I'm the one that had an extra large Tim Hortons coffee this morning. Thank but. you. I feel like it's worn off already. Yeah. Sadly. At the time of this recording, it's just a few days after daylight saving. So I think we're all just kind of catching up with A little slappy. A little overtired. Okay. So we each have three reader requests in front of us. Mm -hmm. And we are going to kind of flip-flop, swap back and forth and give our recommendations. What do you think? I think that'd be perfect. And I think it's your turn to start first. Okay. So the first request that we got, a reader wrote in to say, I love a book where the setting is almost a character. I want to read a book with zany characters and a real sense of place. Think Gilmore Girls in book format. The book I picked for this person is actually a book series, um, the Antipoldi Mystery Series. This is about a woman, a Bavarian woman, who lives in Italy. And Italy is like a huge character in this book. Antipoldi. So she's definitely a zany character. She's a drinker. She speaks her mind all the time. There's mysteries, obviously. There's like a small town and all the zany characters in the small town like you'd see in Gilmore Girls. And there's like a will-they-won't-they romance, too, with Antipoldi, which I think you see in Gilmore Girls, too. So um, it's it's a mystery series, so it's a little bit different than what you would get in Gilmore Girls, but I think it has a lot of those same appeal factors that this reader is looking for. And Antipoldi and the Sicilian Lions is the first in the series. Oh, that's a fun title. Mm-hmm. How many books in the series? Uh, just four. Okay. That's still enough to keep this person busy and out of trouble. Yeah. Get on it. So that's Antipoldi and the Sicilian Lions by Mario Giordano. Dano. Was, I tried, but that was great. You did Thank a good you. job with that, with Thank your you. accent. Mm-hmm. Um, my first request was my seven-year-old son is not very excited about reading. He loves learning new things, danger, animals, venomous snakes, mm. and humor. This is 
I want to meet this kid. I do too. I'm pretty intrigued. He also loves the Who Would Win series. Help. What's the Who Would Win series? They're these really fun, short, nonfiction paperbacks. And it's like, who would win? A hammerhead shark or an alligator or a crocodile. And they actually go into the facts about the animal. You know, like a hammerhead can see 360 degrees because of its eyes. So that's like a pro for them in their battle. And then it'll, so it talks about all the different features in the animals. And then it kind of weighs out who would actually win if they got in some kind of fight. And they are extremely popular books at Troy. Kids love them. I feel like they're always checking out or checked out. We have, I think, every single one that exists here, probably multiple copies. And um, if you're introducing your reluctant readers to nonfiction, that's a great series. But our friend has already read these. So a great read-alike for these. There's actually another series called Bizarre Beast Battles, and it's by uh, Charlotte Harriet, very similar to the Who Would Win series. So if they like those, they've burned through them, they've already read them all, I would say hop to these and they should enjoy those as much. We also have another series of books, National Geographic Weird But True. So Mm. it's all these really strange facts and the kids are so obsessed with these books. Um, Because, you know, as a kid, you're always looking for like weird, strange, funny Facts. And again, great way to introduce nonfiction to the kids. This is a fun book you could check out and read the facts to your kids if they're not readers yet. Um, very popular. So I think your our, our friend who is writing in for their son might enjoy these as well. And she had said that um, they liked uh, danger animals and venomous snakes. There is a weird but true animals that I'm sure will feature danger. I'm sure it will feature animals since Mm. it's in its title. And I'm sure it would feature snakes too. So I bet that would be a really great one, but I'm only giving them nonfiction recommendations. And I thought I should throw in a fiction one real quick too. Mm. Um, I thought that that your son might also like the Alvin Ho series by uh, Lenore Look. It's a what we call a beginning chapter book at Troy, which is geared towards second to third grade. And these books are really fun because Alvin Ho um, is this Asian American protagonist, and he struggles with not liking or having a fear of many things. So it's kind of him, you know, every book focuses on a different fear. The titles are always Alvin Ho's allergic to, you know, fill in the blank. And so that book is about him kind of overcoming his fear. Sometimes they're ridiculous fear, sometimes they're they're not so ridiculous, but good sense of humor, very funny. Try it out with your kiddo. You might be surprised that he'll like those as well. And it might be a nice way to hop him back into fiction from nonfiction. And it's by Lenore Look. And we have the whole series here in our beginning chapter books. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. All right. So our next reader writes in to say, this winter has been hard for me. So all I really want to do is read light books with nothing challenging in them at all. I'm still not quite ready for a super serious book yet, but I would like to learn something new with the next book I read. Could you recommend a book that will teach me something new, maybe in a lighthearted way? I have just finished uh, the perfect book for this, which is called How to Be Perfect, The Correct Answer to Every Moral Question by Michael Schur. So if you don't recognize Michael Schur's name, he was a writer on the American office. He was a co-creator of Parks and Rec. And then very importantly to this book, He was the creator of The Good Place. So he talks about how he's always had sort of a fascination with these questions of morals and ethics. You know, how do you be a good person, quote unquote? And so he goes through all of these 
basic philosophical ideas that I had sort of learned in philosophy class back in college and kind of forgot about, like Kant and Aristotle, a lot of things in Western philosophy, but then he also engages with philosophy from East Asian cultures. And wow. there's like a African culture philosophy that he talks about too. And then um, he writes a lot about Thich Nhat Hanh, who I have an interest in, who's a Vietnamese monk, and sort of how philosophy, he talks about Ayn Rand and um, how are these, wit, like this huge spectrum of what these sort of quote unquote important people have considered makes you a good person mm -hmm. and that makes it sound maybe really intense and hard to read but it's so funny it's like um you can tell when you're reading it that he co-created all those tv shows okay because that warmth i laughed on every page and i don't usually laugh out loud when i'm reading books but that sort of warmth and humor and he writes it kind of like in a conversational style too. So you feel like it, it's someone just sort of explaining it to you mm -hmm. in a sort of talky way. Accessible? Now, Would you say it's accessible very too? Very accessible. Very cool. Very accessible. And I feel like maybe now I'm like a philosopher and a genius. I mean, you know? Olivia, I feel like you were both of those things before. But maybe just on a but deeper level now. But now I can now. say things like Aristotelian mean and... I can't remember any of the other words. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still impressed with just that. <laughs> Hang on, let me get my copy of the book out. There's all kinds of stuff that you can say. That's just extremely fancy sounding. If you want to, if you want to just like drop yeah, that in. That first word on in chapter one, tahi. And then you were like, oh, it's the, sorry. <laughs> I went a little too deep. <laughs> I thought for sure. I thought for sure you had something really interesting. No, there's nothing share. real there. Nope. Oh. So, yeah, so that's How to Be Perfect, The Correct Answer to Every Moral Question by Michael Schur. Very nice. I'm mm -hmm. going to have to check that out because I loved, loved, loved Parks and Rec. It, you can see after you read the book, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that's like a Michael Schur kind of storyline. Or like, mm -hmm. I was even thinking, The Good Place, he's all over it. Like, he wrote The Good Place and mm -hmm. he puts in... Did you watch The Good Place? Yes. Okay. And he talks about... Like when these characters have this conversation, he was thinking of like Thich Nhat Hanh and, um, you know, this character is really influenced by Kant and consequentialism and all, you know, like uh, the stuff that I didn't know before. So you can see him in it, but mm -hmm. you can also see him big time in Parks and Rec. Like okay. and they have like these ethical questions. I'm thinking a lot about like Ron and um Leslie. leslie's relationship yeah. and how they kind of come from these very different perspectives but they often are you know talking about how to be a, like a quote-unquote good person and it's very interesting i liked it is the good place still on or is that done now it's done <sighs> what oh it just seemed like a really short run what was on for four seasons yeah four seasons okay yeah, four seasons no and i'm gonna be honest i never watched the office either i've seen like really two episodes three episodes maybe i tried to watch it there's some stuff that made me so uncomfortable but my friend said hunker down and just get pushed past season one. Oh yeah don't even yeah. watch season one that's what everybody tells me but i feel Same like with it's Parks cheating and Rec, too i actually like season one oh, i really? just had to get past the first four episodes and then i started to enjoy it because i liked um the one guy that left the show after like season two. Oh, um mark brandanowitz mark dan brandanowitz yeah she calls That's him brandanowitz yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> parks and rec is definitely my favorite of those three okay good to know so i started with the best i think so like. 
You can tell that they actually love the library on that show. You can. That's They're just jealous really of it. About. They're just jealous. We should unpack that at some point. Have we talked about when she scans the library card with the DVD scanner? No. There's a scene in Parks and Rec. And I love Parks and Rec, but they do fake hate the library in it. There's a scene when they're, when I think Leslie is trying to check out something. Oh, she's trying to check out DVDs from the Cirque desk. Okay. And the woman goes, oh, you're just checking out DVDs, which I worked in Cirque for a long time. People always apologized to me when they were only checking out DVDs. And I was like, I don't care. And I don't, I literally didn't notice. I just knew I had to like check these items check these out. out. I, yeah. Like we're not judging you for what you check out ever. Like that's. But people always were like, I usually read, but I'm just checking these out one time. <laughs> like, okay, I don't care and I don't notice. But then the woman, the checkout lady, the Cirque person, mm-hmm. uses a DVD unlocker to scan a library card. She like swipes the library oh card. Oh my God, the I DVD do remember that episode unlocker. now. And every time I'm like, you needed to consult me on this, Parks and Rec. I was ready. I was waiting for a librarian consult. Never got it. Did you know there's a new librarian show that takes place in Canada? Those are like two of my favorite things. I know. I think we need to have a watch party. Yeah. Okay, we'll set that up after the show. Okay. All right, friend. I have a second request. It says, my son has recently been diagnosed with dyslexia. Do you have any books that you could recommend? They did not include an age. So I did one picture book. And then I did a chapter book for a tween, which is when we say tween, we generally mean uh, about 9 to 12 or 9 to 13. So my picture book is Aaron Slater Illustrator. It is by Andrea Beatty, and the illustrator is David Roberts. This is in the series with Rosie Revere Engineer, Iggy Peck Architect. Um, (laughs) There's a ton of them. The names always rhyme. They're super cute books. I love the illustrations. So the series was so popular, they came out with a reader series. um, I think they all feature Ada Twist, who's one of the characters from the picture books. And it's Ada Twist Scientist, super cute. And there's also now a beginning chapter book series called The Questionnaires that feature all of the characters from the uh, picture books. So it's fun if your kids like the picture books, they can continue to read and grow up with the series through our readers, through our beginning chapter books. And... um, Super fun. They are all, they all feature STEM, which is what we refer to as um, books that feature science, technology, engineering, or math themes. So great way to start introducing simple concepts to your kids is with this picture book series. So the reason I picked Aaron Slater Illustrator is Aaron Slater, the main character, actually has dyslexia. And when he goes to school, his teacher asks everyone to write a story. Now, sometimes kiddos with dyslexia have a hard time forming words when they're younger because uh, people that suffer from dyslexia oftentimes see words in a reverse order. So imagine trying to learn how to read, learn how to write sentences, write stories when you're younger, and then having the challenge of everything kind of being backwards and trying to navigate Mm -hmm. undoing that and getting your assignment done. So he feels super stressed stressed out. He's very sad. He wants to put his thoughts into writing, but he's um, really challenged by that. So the way that Aaron Slater, illustrator, overcomes the challenge is he decides he's going to express his story through his artwork. And the pictures are beautiful. The story is so beautiful and so sweet. When I read it, I actually cried at the end. It's just such a sweet message of um, overcoming obstacles, of 
acceptance of learning to love yourself, even though you have challenges and you maybe, especially as a kid, see it as something wrong with you when it's something that you can't actually control. Um, Excellent, excellent picture book. So highly recommend that Aaron Slater illustrator by Andrea Beatty. My second one, the book that I said was a chapter book for our tweens is called Diary of a Dyslexic School Kid by, I'm going to probably botch up the first name, Elise Winston and Zach Millard. The author is a tutor who works with kids that have dyslexia. And the co-author was a teenage boy who actually uh, suffers from dyslexia himself. And I think kids that have dyslexia might appreciate that the protagonist is dyslexic. Um, so the struggles might feel more relevant and I think they would enjoy the, the story has a good sense of humor. So I think uh, kiddos that are struggling with dyslexia would see something of them themselves in that story and enjoy the humor and enjoy watching our protagonist overcome their challenges. So those are two books that I can recommend. We, um, also have a collection here at Troy called universal access, and we do have some materials both for kids as well as adults that focus on different, um, conditions, different, um, learning challenges. Um, we have some things that are focused towards kiddos with neurodivergent issues. We have materials in that collection that feature characters, Um, as well as nonfiction books that would cover the topic of dyslexia. So if you have any questions, please come and ask our librarians. Those are great. Thank you, friend. As I always say, I don't feel like we had such a wide breadth of topics being covered when we were kids. So kudos to authors. Yeah, thanks, authors, for doing all that. Good job, authors. And as always, if there's a book you don't see that needs to be written, you should write it. You should write it. We'll read it. We'll recommend it probably. We will. If it's if it's good. Yeah. I'm gonna recommend your book if it's terrible. Yeah. Don't ask us to do that. It's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) The claws come out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think our like later afternoon episodes are always a little bit feistier than our morning ones. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. I'd agree with that sentiment. Great recommendation. I like feisty Olivia. Thanks. A little salty. Olivia, I think it's uh, time for your second recommendation, friend. All right. So my next recommendation is, uh, it reads like this. My girlfriend and I have very different tastes in books. I prefer romance, and she likes books that revolve around social issues, identity, race, class, things like that. Mm -hmm. We want to read a book together. Cute. But we're not sure what to pick that both of us would like. Do you have any ideas? That's a tough request. It is, but I have a book for them called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. This is a romance book, but it definitely touches on a lot of the social issues that they mentioned in their request. So this is about a main character, Ava. She's a single mom and a writer. You will know from like the very first paragraph if this is the book for you. I would not... Like, for example, recommend it to your mom, you know, who was, who was very Catholic. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned Thank you for that. <laughs> um, this is like steamy and oh. Ava's an erotica writer. She writes like paranormal kind of romance and she's very successful okay. and um, she has this like lovely, intelligent daughter that she's raising in Brooklyn and um, she's like, you know, doing her best writing, being this, the single mom. And then she goes to a panel for black writers and 
she's up there like answering questions, trying to be professional. Mm-hmm. And in walks Shane, who was her love from high school. Like her, <sighs> Shane you know. Is such a, I'm sorry. Shane is such a romance novel name. Shane, I love it. Shane saunters in. And he, not <laughs> only was he like, not only did he like float her boat in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you like grind her gears. float her boat. <laughs> she, he floated her boat in high school. They were just had this like whirlwind romance when they were young, and they collided, and they had this. Um, and she's like never really gotten past it, and so oh. she sees him, and her heart's like brrr, thumping. And he also is a writer. He's like this renowned literary fiction writer. He writes short stories. Okay, and she just kind of like gets all nervous and kind of falls apart, and then they kind of encounter each other and they haven't seen each other since, you know, something happened to their high school relationship and you Mm -hmm. kind of see what happened. And there's a super romantic part where, oh, so Ava's main character, like her hunky main character in her series really resembles Shane. Okay. And the girl that Shane's writing about in his collection remembers her. So they're kind of like writing about each other. And there's a super romantic thing where she confronts him about it. Because she's like, you... She's like, damn it, is this character me? Yes. She's like, listen, this is... I know you're writing about me. You are not a woman. You don't know what it's like. Like, you co-opted my story. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what it's like. And he, at one point, I don't remember when, but he, at one point in the story, says, "Um, I was writing about you, but more importantly, I was writing to you. I know. So they're like, get warm in here. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I got a little warm in here. So they're like, how romantic is that? So they're just like writing to each other in their like separate writing careers. Mm -hmm. But okay, so I think that part is really going to appeal to the romance reader in this in this question. But then also, um, Shane and Ava, they're really well rounded characters, and that they had really separately difficult upbringing so some issues that are brought up in this are like homelessness addiction generational trauma there's a lot about ava's family she has this really interesting lineage um there's some abuse so there you know there's definitely some social issues that happen with this so there's Um, more to unpack than just romance in this book definitely more to unpack i would not say it was like a dark read i think romance is like the beating heart of this story but definitely with shane's storyline because he's a teacher in a school like an underprivileged community and Mm -hmm. um he works with a lot of students there's definitely some some harder weightier social issues that come up with that but i thought it was really well written and really really not like any other romance i read before and that is seven days in june by tia williams very nice okay friend my last request this one is my favorite i saved this for laughs last because it made me laugh out loud when i read it so my daughter we've done we've done just boys so far so my daughter has made me read uni the unicorn (laughs) so many times that i can't take it anymore (laughs) i'm sure a lot of parents have that feeling we get that we get that sometimes at the desk please for the love of god pick something else my kid will make me read 30 times please tell me that there are other good unicorn picture books that you can recommend we've already read never let a unicorn wear a tutu and a unicorn named named sparkle so more good unicorn picture books you have come to the right place my friend the funniest my hands down favorite unicorn book um, because my niece went through a phase a unicorn phase 
and I read many a unicorn picture book and did not love all of them. This one made me laugh out loud. I read this to her. She was four at the time. So there were four, then eight and 10, my brother's kids. So a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old were getting read Thelma the Unicorn. Mm. Everybody laughed. Everybody thought it was silly. Everybody thought it was over the top, even the four-year-old's like, this is silly. And it's like, it is. It's so funny. The premise is Thelma is actually a pony who wants to be a unicorn. And she decides she's going to pretend to be a unicorn. And because of some um, mishap at the start of the story, it appears that she is, in fact, a unicorn. And she becomes very famous. But is the price of fame really worth it? (laughs) I ask you. And those, that deep question will be dwell, delved into in Thelma the Unicorn. Um, you will laugh. You will smile. You will be like, that was fun. I uh-huh. can read this 30 times. It's 10 times better than Uni the Unicorn. No offense, Amy Krauss Rosenthal. Um, highly recommend that. That is my favorite unicorn picture book. My second runner-up is a new one that we just got by Helen Yoon. It is called I'm a Unicorn. Again, it's a question of identity. Yeah. It is about a um, one-horned bull okay. that thinks he is a unicorn. Okay. Is it really mistaken identity, though? Because uni means one, and corn means horn. So he does have one horn, so isn't he a unicorn? Who are we to split Who are we like here to judge or ask questions? That one was very cute. It was very silly. I appreciated that. Trigger warning, it does have some potty humor in there. I know that's not for every family. I know some parents hate that in kids' picture books. So if that's not your cup of tea, just stick with Thelma the Unicorn. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. And if you do read this to your kiddo, please come to the desk and let us know if they loved it. So Yeah, good idea. That's all I got today. So we hope that you found something interesting to read today, thanks to our reader requests. And we hope that you will write to us, too. Indeedy duty. We're always looking to give some good recommendations to our, our patrons. Yeah, specific and try to make it interesting. Yeah. Thanks, friends. Thanks for your request. This was a lot of fun to do some deep digging. It was. It is fun to do a little what we in the library world called reader's advisory. Mm-hmm. Look at you with your library verbiage. Yeah, we have to educate the people. Mm-hmm. You already did when you told them that you can't scan a library card with a DVD case opener. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia, stop giving away all of our trade secrets. <laughs> How hard would it have been just to look at it? I think they did it? it on purpose to make it funny. <sighs> Nobody, no. I laughed when I saw it. Yeah, I'll admit it. You I think it was, it was a little in-joke just for librarians? Yes, yes have, I do. 100%. You have just recontextualized something that has been bothering me since what that show came out. Like, What year was that? 2007? 2008. Was it? I think it was 2008. Yeah, and it feels like yesterday. I just watched it during COVID, so just literally. Watched it yesterday. <laughs> literally. <laughs> feels like yesterday to me. Uh-huh. All right, everybody, read something good. And we'll send, see you next time. And send in your reader requests. Send them in. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.